Hello, you are listening to Those Other Girls with Mallory and Friends. I'm Mallory, and we, me, you, we are changing culture and bringing back traditional values. For those who are new to the podcast, this is not a pop culture podcast like other pop culture podcasts. We are talking about life, career, relationships, pop culture, all the things from a Christian conservative perspective. So we're going to talk about some things today on this glorious Women's Month that you will not hear from other girl-related podcasts, some things that you probably might feel a little uncomfortable with, but we're going to have this conversation because it needs to be had. Um, So I'm really excited. Um, I think this is an important topic. We've done um, episodes similar to this, not really before, but I think that um, the conversation about women's health, the conversation about how do we protect, um, how do we take care of our bodies is an ongoing conversation that we women, this is a women's podcast that we need to be having. Um, and as Christians, we need to be looking at the pro-life, the um, dignity focused perspectives. We need to be looking at it, coming at it from that perspective. So I'm really excited to have my friend Elizabeth on. Uh, I'm going to read a little bit about her bio and then we're just going to get right into it. So um, Elizabeth is a mother and a registered nurse with a Bachelor of Science in Nursing and a birth and postpartum certified doula. Her work is rooted in genuine compassion, which honors the dignity, the value and sacredness of every woman, family and pregnancy. She is certified in fertility, education, and medical management, also known as FEM, teacher. As a result of her deep love for teaching women and men about God's design for their sexuality and the beauty of cooperating with a woman's natural ovulation cycle, she's also certified teen FEM teacher specializing in empowering adolescent girls in understanding their bodies and reproductive health. Thank you so much for coming on, Elizabeth. I'm really excited. Um, So let's just get in. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Let's learn your testimony. How did you become the Elizabeth we see today? such a passion for sharing this message, especially with young women, uh, because honestly, I wasn't told. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I wasn't told this information until I was probably in my mid to late 20s um, did I start kind of unpacking some of this stuff. And it led me down this path um, that has really been, I think, God's calling on my life. And, um, and that's to serve you know, in the life affirming ministry that I'm a part of right now with Sidewalk Advocates for Life, but also um, just to be empowering women through uh, God's design for for them as as uniquely made individuals, and um, that means like often that incorporates like childbearing and what what the work that I do as a doula, uh, as a birth worker, um, empowering women to have incredible uh, birth experiences and really supporting them through that time, since it is such a major transitional time in a woman's life and a family's um, season of a family. So uh, these are all things that I'm very passionate about. So pregnancy, uh, childbirth, the postpartum time, breastfeeding, um, all of that is is why I became a doula, um, then also became a nurse. Uh, and now I'm doing full-time life-affirming ministry. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. 
Um, you said you did not, um, you weren't told this growing up. So what were you told? Yeah. So when I was um, in eighth grade, I moved to California and I was, uh, my first, I was being raised by a single dad at the time. My mom was living on the East coast. So I was uh, living with my dad who was, um, you know, a great father, um, but didn't, I'm sure this was a difficult topic. It was a little awkward as a teenager. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he didn't really want to talk to me about like, my <laughs> and, uh, stuff, right? So, yeah. um, so basically I learned from where I think a lot of people learn from, and that's from the school system, the public school system. Um, Planned Parenthood came into my middle school and taught okay. sex education. And so um, that was around the time that I lost my virginity, and I believe I was around 14, 15. Um, and right away, who did I turn to for help? Um, it was Planned Parenthood, um, because that's the name that I learned about. And I became a patient of Planned Parenthood. I got my birth control there. I, I did all my STI testing there um, throughout my young adult life. Um, and mm -hmm. so I really didn't know any better, you know? Um, and so it wasn't until I... I had a really radical conversion. Um, I basically came back to the Lord um, slowly, uh, resistantly, um, came back to the Lord and then had a, a conversion to Catholicism because of a relationship that I was in. I was dating a guy that was raised Catholic. Um, I made the full commitment, came into the Catholic church around 2009. Um, and then what happened was I started learning about the humanity of the human person, like the dignity of the human person, um, and what that means. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and just this deep understanding of that concept. Um, so from, you know, fertilization until natural death is what I started hearing this language, you know, and all the details that come with that. Um, you know, so from the moment a uniquely made human life is, is made at fertilization all the way till natural death, like just that stuff I never had even thought about really on a deeper level. Um, and so I started to learn about things like birth control is harmful, not only harmful for your body, but also uh, harmful for your, your spiritual self, for your soul. And we're going to get into that. Um, yeah. But before we get into that, I want you kind of, so you had the conversion, you learned more about um, human dignity, and now you are a teacher of that yeah. um, through the FEM method. Can you explain yes. what FEM is? Yes. So FEM stands for Fertility Education and Medical Management. Um, so if you go to femhealth.org, you can find all kinds of FEM practitioners. Um, I'm listed on there as a FEM educator. Um, and basically it teaches you to look at your ovulation cycle and ovulation as the fifth vital sign. So um, what does that mean? Well, it means that it reveals a lot of information about your health um, and things like your hormones impact uh, your the symptoms that you have, for example, during your period um, could be like if you're having very uncomfortable symptoms, for example, like heavy periods or cramping or headaches or moodiness. Um, it could be a sign that there's a medical condition that needs to be looked at. Um, and FEM really teaches uh, to look at the root cause of those symptoms 
Um, and if you're a medical provider like Megan Bloom, who you're going to have on another episode for your Patreon folks, um, she really dives deep into the medical treatment. So for me as a FEM educator, I'm just teaching our the FEM basic series, which is a series of three classes. Um, it really dives deep into understanding the woman's body, her ovulation cycle. It also touches on the man's fertility and how mm, that's good. it is. It is very important to understand that as well, because the man is a key component of fertility as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, not, not all the, the responsibility <laughs> and, is on the woman, believe it or not. The man has a lot to do with it as well. So, um, so yeah, so I love working with Femme. I think it, the app is fantastic. The Femme app is something I think every woman should have. It's free. It's really user-friendly. Uh, so I highly encourage your listeners to download the FEM app and just start paying attention. It, it walks you through a lot of the signs, the biomarkers um, that you're going to be paying attention to, like cervical fluid, uh, like you're bleeding during your period. Is it heavy? Is it light? Um, you know, are you having a shift from dryness to moisture, for example? Um, and what does that mean? So it gives you a lot of information just through the FEM app alone. This is really good. I know that a lot of people have been talking about taking their health back um, and people who are Christian, not Christian, people who are pro-life, not pro-life. This is a huge topic. And I think when we um, start to understand our bodies, when we are able to comprehend what is going on, when we can say confidently, um, our period, our ovulation is the fifth vital sign. I think once we can do that, we'll be able to live better, healthier, more fulfilling mm. lives. Mm. Um, and I kind of want to transition that into the question that every time I've ever posted about this gets tons of like comments, um, positive and negative yeah. about the big BC birth control. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about, um, cause once again, like I said, people who are not even pro-life people who aren't even Christian right. are now going away from the whole birth control thing. We're seeing how women, um, have been lied to. We're seeing, you know, the long sheet of paper of like all the side effects, but, oh, it's fine. We're seeing that now. Um, people are talking more freely about how their moods have changed, how I, all of a sudden I had depression and then I got off and then I didn't hmm, wonder what that yeah. means. Yeah. We're seeing all of this. Um, and you know, some people are still aren't convinced, but can we talk a little bit about the two aspects of birth control? Um, why we should talk, you know, get off of it medically and then also spiritually for those of us who are Christians. Mm. Mm. Yes. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there, honestly. And I feel like I could talk for hours about this topic. (laughs) Um, But basically, um, I mean, with my own testimony alone, I remember when I decided to get off of birth control, I remember feeling, if I could describe it, it was like I felt in tune with my body again. It was like I had Hmm. sensations in my body or just a, a feeling of being connected to my body in a way that... I had not felt when I was on the birth control pill for so long. And it was almost like um, this detachment from my body in a way, like a physical detachment, like a numbing, numbing sensation in a way where I didn't Mm. feel connected to my body. Um, And that was honestly the biggest thing that I remember when I came off birth control. 
Because what happens when a woman is going through her natural ovulation cycle, there are uh, fluctuations, a lot of fluctuations of her hormones, right? Mm-hmm. So when she's, when she's having a natural ovulation cycle and all of these hormones are changing throughout that ovulation cycle, you really feel the different phases of your cycle. When you start to learn about it and the intricacies of it, um, it helps you understand, oh, wow, like I'm feeling this way today because I can look at my cycle and I know where I'm at. And you make that connection. So to me, our cycle is revealing all of these details about ourselves, about our health, um, especially our hormone health. Um, also about uh, lifestyle and things like that and the way that our lifestyle impacts our hormone health. But back to the birth control, um, when we are putting like synthetic hormones into our body, right? So mm-hmm. when you when you are on a birth control pill, for example, uh, depending on what, what you're using, right? There's many different methods of birth control. There's the IUD, there's a copper IUD, there's the, you know, the the other IUDs, there's the, the Depo Provera, right? There's the next plan. Yeah, there's a bajillion ways. <laughs> there's a bajillion different ways, right? Well, the bottom line is, is that you are basically giving your body synthetic hormones and you're not allowing the body to go through its normal um, fluctuations of hormones. So, so when you're on the pill, for example, the pill works in three different ways. And I think this is really important information. Um, it works by uh, thinning out the lining of the uterus, um, which makes it less favorable to human life, like an implanted, um, you know, fertilized egg implanting into the lining, the inner lining of the uterus, okay? So it thins the lining of the uterus. It also helps uh, disrupt your cervical fluid. So it, it, in, it, in essence, like dries up and changes your cervical fluid in a way that it makes it less, um, you know, favorable for human life to grow and develop, okay? Mm. Um, and then the third way is it can, it's supposed to, uh, one of the actions is to stop ovulation from occurring, um, right? So that's how it actually works by preventing pregnancy, right? By stopping ovulation. But I think that all of us can say that we have known a woman or two that have gotten pregnant while on the pill or even mm-hmm. while, while using the IUD, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I know two women right now that are friends of mine that, that got pregnant and they were, had the IUD and what happened is different things can happen, but, um, you know, these things are not a hundred percent effective, right? Yeah. So, so basically, um, when you're putting synthetic hormones in your body that are not meant to be there, you're tricking the body, you're tricking the brain. Um, and it, and it basically is stopping a natural function from occurring. So, if you think about it, why would you take a natural function and stop it? Right, right. You don't want to do that. That would be um, against our our natural, just the way that our bodies are operating, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so even just if you're thinking of it from a health standpoint, um, taking a normal natural function and stopping it um, can have some long lasting effects, right? So that's, that's one thing, um, is just when when you're thinking about birth control. Can I ask you a quick question? Um, and this is probably opinion. I don't know, um, if there's any medical information to back this up, 
do you think that has something to do with i feel like a lot of my friends on my peers people in my age range um started birth control when they were 14 or 15 for acne or you know or their parents put them on it and now i feel like a lot of people are trying to get pregnant and they're i feel maybe i just wasn't paying attention but i feel like mm-hmm. i've never seen so many people struggle getting pregnant do you think that has something to do with it or weird coincidence yeah. so, so i can't i can't speak on like the latest research on that i think that's a really good question for megan bloom when she does her patreon um session um because she's really in the day-to-day with research and things like that however i do know that it can take a while for a woman's natural cycle to return after being on birth control for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, So basically it really depends on the woman. Every woman's body is different, but your fertility doesn't necessarily just suddenly come back and return quickly after getting off of um, birth control. Synthetic. And I don't think people know that they, a lot of women do not know that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, but then, then again, when we, when we talk about birth control, it also masks a lot of, um, underlying health conditions that are going on. Mm. And so it's like putting a bandaid fix on certain things that are happening. So you're covering up and masking, uh, symptoms because you're altering your body's natural rhythm of things and your, and your body's natural indicators that maybe something is abnormal right? So you're Mm -hmm. masking that with these hormones that are causing you to have the same level of hormones, right? Instead of fluctuating hormones, right? Mm -hmm. So, so depending on what type of birth control you're on, but, um, but you're masking these underlying health conditions that you could be diagnosing earlier if you weren't on the synthetic birth control. So that's really important for women to understand. Mm. Okay, that's really, really good information. Because um, I, once again, people just aren't discussing it. I mean, now we're talking more about birth control, or, or we're at least talking about like getting off of it. But I don't know if we're getting to the intricate parts of, hey, you have to kind of fix your hormones. I guess right. would that be the terminology that you would use, like fix them, or well, how would you guys that, say it? I think that. Um... I think that a lot of doctors, honestly, are just not taught how to um, treat women without giving them the birth control pill. For example, the birth control pill is used for many different uh, conditions like acne, um, irregular periods, uh, heavy periods. It's used for all these things, but really it's not treating the root cause of the problem. So that's something that I think that Megan Bloom can definitely unpack a little more. Um, for your Patreon listeners, but, um, but yeah, if that, does that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I want to go back to the question about the spiritual aspect of birth control. Can you kind of dive into that Mm -hmm. as there's Christians listening who, you know, they are married and they're, they just feel as if they, you know, so they're having sex with their spouses and it feels as if they just cannot give up that birth control because they don't want to have children right now. Um, what could you say spiritually? How does that, how does birth control affect you? Sure. Yeah. So this is, um, a lot to unpack. So I'm going to have to start where I feel like I have to start to kind of lay the foundation for this and the reason why, um, there's a spiritual component, 
um, that impacts a, a marriage or even just an individual woman's soul in a way where um, we have to think about this on a deeper level, okay? So when I say, um, one one thing is the abortifacient effects uh, mm. potentially, okay, of mm-hmm. synthetic hormonal um, birth control, okay? There, when I talked about those three actions that the birth control has earlier, um, that can lead to an early loss of a pregnancy, okay? So a lot of women don't know that. That, that you can lose a very early uh, pregnancy because that fertilized egg does not implant into the lining of the uterus properly and it doesn't it doesn't have the proper nutrients to survive grow and develop right so that is one big component when you're married um, to someone and you've made this lifelong commitment with them um, and you if you believe that life begins at conception at fertilization that's a uniquely made human being all the dna is there why would you want to have a loss of one of your children okay so that that alone is something to really think about and to research um if you're living um in with your in a marriage and if you're especially if you're a christian woman and you believe that life begins at, at conception. Um, so I do want to lay, lay the foundation, though, with uh, starting in Genesis, okay, in the Bible. Um, man made, God made man and woman, okay, and he gave them dominion over the world, right? Um, and if you're thinking about, like, the Garden of Eden, where, where Eve and Adam were naked in the garden, they had this deep intimacy with, with the Lord, with God, right? They had this deep intimacy. They were naked, and they felt no shame. Um, and then suddenly, you have the serpent comes in and tempts Eve in the garden, and, and Adam is supposed to be her protector, uh, watching out for her, and he was not really doing his job. Um, and Eve, Eve listened to the, the cunning serpent, right? And she ate from the fruit that she was forbidden to eat from. And then basically sin came into the world, right? Mm-hmm. So if we, if we believe that, you know, we need to just have that in the back of our mind, right? As Christians, right? Okay. And then I'm going to kind of go forward to, um, if man, if man and woman were created in the image of God. Um, they were uniquely made man and woman, right? The woman is to be, um, was to be, Eve was to be Adam's companion, right? But um, if we believe that God designed women and men to be different, but to be complementary of one another, I think that's a key thing to remember is that we're complementary of one another. But then beyond that, do we believe as Christians, for example, that um, God designed marriage, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. Is that a biblical thing? Did God design marriage, right? So um, in the Bible, it talks about, you know, I'll just read this from Genesis really quick. Um, it's it's talking about Adam and Eve in the garden, and this is from Genesis 2, uh, it's 2, 23. Um, the man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, and for she was taken out of man, Right. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. And this is what I want to talk about, the one flesh part. So when when a man and woman say their married vows, their marriage vows, and um, traditional marriage marriage vows, they actually, um, you know, are saying yes to God to be pro- to have uh, to procreate. 
So in the Bible, the Bible says to go and be fruitful and multiply. Um, it talks about that with, with Adam and Eve. It talks about to go and be fruitful and multiply. And so that talks about procreation, right? That we need procreation to continue the human race. Um, and so there's this aspect of the marital union between man and, and woman that is procreative, okay? So the natural design of intercourse, the natural design of intercourse is procreation, right? But yeah. if you look at nature, it is to procreate, right? Yeah. However, when you're married as man and woman within a, a Christian um, marriage, you are also there. It is to unify you as husband and wife, to unify you and to also bring new life into the world, right? You're co-creating life with God, okay? So so if you think about those two things, to be unitive and then also to procreate, those are the aspects of marriage. Um, and so if we believe that, and we believe that our fertility is a gift that was given by God, why would we cut that off and stop that natural action from happening? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, why, why would we, I, I've thought about that. Um, I'll say, so I got more into this topic, I guess, the further I've gone into pro-life world. Yeah. And I've thought about those exact, like, why are we stopping that? Yeah. Why? the whole purpose of birth control is to stop a what god has ordained and b to just stop our natural body like you're literally halting what your body is naturally was designed to do yeah right right and so um the bodies there's there's this whole teaching called theology of the body and i can't get into that um today but what i'm going to just say is that the concept is is that our bodies are the man's body and the woman's body speak a language a love language with their bodies and mm -hmm. the two the man and the woman's bodies when they come together in the marital embrace or the marital union or the act of you know intercourse with husband and wife right you're coming together as one flesh you are saying with your body yes um you're saying yes i love you i give you my entire self and really the bodies are the bodies speak a love language and really it is if you want to think about it this way it's the way that god loves the church um mm. total sacrifice for us for you mm -hmm. for us made us out of love he loved he we wouldn't be here if god didn't love us because god doesn't need us mm -hmm. and so so when we when we get married um, and we have a spouse and we make that lifelong commitment, we are saying yes to that. We are saying yes, I love you and I want to give you my whole self. I will lay down my life for you as my spouse, and I want to uphold you as my spouse, and um, and basically and defend you and protect you. Right? God, um, it says in the Bible um, that women are. Um, to be subservient or to their husbands, but the men are to love their wives the way that God loves the church. Right? Yes, and people leave out that other part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Leave out that second part, and it's so critical. And so when, you, when you're on contraception, what I wanted to go back to is that you're blocking, you're cutting off a part that says, instead of your body saying, I give you my whole self, 
you're cutting something off that is reserving your fertility. You're holding it back. You're withdrawing that from this person that you've entered into this union with, a lifelong union with, if you believe in, in, in marriage being lifelong, right? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So my next question though is, how do we get the men on board? <laughs> how do we get, how are people, how can people talk to their spouses about this? Sure. Or even like your so, brothers, your friends. Yeah, just men in general. So yeah. I think men and women often have a hard time understanding one another, right? We can yes. all agree to that. <laughs> differently. We have a hard time really getting each other sometimes. You know, there's that book, uh, what is it? Men are from... Mars women are from Venus and like like, I think that we all desire to have a better understanding of one another and um, I believe that when a woman is charting her cycle and analyzing her cycle and she understands the intricacies of that and the way that it shows her it teaches her more about herself and the essence of who she is and her identity um, men can use that information to help them understand us better when they're Mm. whether it's your brother your husband or whatever Mm -hmm. if a man the men in our lives could understand the way that a woman's natural rhythm and her natural cycle impacts her day-to-day the way she functions the way she um interrelates with people her moods right um women's hormones change very frequently especially during ovulation um, and that time of ovulation um, and men's are very different. They're like a, almost like a flat line of hormones, yes. right? Yeah. So, so <laughs> even just for men and women to understand each other more, it's really um, important for men to understand the woman's cycle and what's going on. But then beyond that, within a marriage, um, if men and women use this, if husband and wives use this method of like for say um, fertility awareness or natural family planning, whatever word you want to use, it really teaches them to communicate better with one another and to make the marital act more intentional. Mm. The marital act becomes more intentional because you know what the aspect, the procreative aspect of it, right? During mm-hmm. certain times of the month. It's not every day that a woman can get pregnant, right? She's not fertile in mm-hmm. the first cycle. So if you know we are entering into this together right now because we want to conceive a child, that is really intense, right? That is super intense. And you know very intentionally what you're doing in that moment. Um, So I believe that it deepens, and research says actually as well, that it, it increases communication. It deepens intimacy. So when you have a deeper connection emotionally with your spouse, you're going to have better intimacy. That's just, that's, um, that's what, that's what the evidence says. And actually there are, it decreases your risk for divorce as well. Ooh, you, ding, 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 <laughs> so, so those are some benefits of using natural family planning or fertility awareness right there. That is, that's good. So everyone listening clip this in this part to your husband so he can understand <laughs> why you're continually talking about it and how he should come on board. 
Um, I did want to say something. While you were talking, you made the comment that a woman cannot get pregnant every day. Can you kind yeah. of talk a little bit about that? Because I think that's a huge misconception. People yeah. are like, I have to be on birth control because I just can't get pregnant right now. And it's like, right. no, what yeah. is needed to be pregnant? Okay. So first of all, a woman has to be ovulating to be able to conceive naturally. She has to be ovulating. Um, if she's not ovulating, she can't get pregnant naturally. So the other thing is, <clears throat> is that a woman is naturally, if she's not on any form of synthetic hormones that are going to prevent her from uh, ovulating, for example, right? Like birth control. Um, she is not going to be, she's only going to be fertile dur during about a week and a half of the, the, her whole cycle, about a week and a half of her entire ovulation cycle. Is she actually fertile and able to conceive a baby under the right circumstances? So the man is a very important part of the equation. Um, the man has to be healthy. He has to have healthy sperm. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, it's not just all about the woman. That's yeah. good. That's good. And I'm glad you cleared that up because, I mean, I've talked to people and they're like, well, and I'm like, no, there, you cannot get pregnant every single day. You do <laughs> have to, um, I, I've mentioned to people also, another thing is just going ahead and learning your cycle, especially once you get off birth control, because if you're on birth control, then it's not a real cycle. Um, so right. you don't really right. know your cycle then. Um, right. exactly. a couple more questions. Um, the next question I have is, why do you think we're not really taught this mm -hmm. at school, at um, some churches? You know, a lot of everybody knows I'm Protestant and um, I just don't remember. I, I was never taught this. Like I went to a Christian school. We weren't really taught about this. And I really think that if we were taught this, we could uh, people would be more girls would be more. um cautious about who they allow into their bodies they would understand a little bit more their value in my opinion yeah. so why do you think this isn't taught um sure so i mean i think there's a lot to that um i think that one is physicians don't don't know about it okay like a lot in regular medical school even with OBGYNs, gynecologists they're really not taught the details of this and how to hmm. treat their, their the root cause of reproductive issues, um, right? And so they're masking them with a treatment, which is often the birth control pill. Mm -hmm. So so physicians, for one, are not getting the training needed. Like FEM trains medical doctors to actually use FEM protocols to treat the root cause of these underlying issues that are going on, that are uh, maybe preventing a woman, for example, from getting pregnant. So I also think that we have a cultural issue where we don't want to talk about things that are uncomfortable, right? Yeah. <laughs> so even within families and often within families, I mean, I think parents yeah. are responsible for training their children, edu educating their children. But I will tell you, most teenagers don't really want to talk to their parents about this stuff. No. Um, it's uncomfortable and awkward already. And so, um, and I think your average parent doesn't feel equipped to talk about it because honestly, women often don't even know this information. And so that's why I feel so compelled and passionate about sharing it is because I feel like this knowledge is power. We mm -hmm. need this information to understand our authentic identity as women. Mm -hmm. um, this is critical to who we are and what makes us different. Amen. And it gives us so much information about our health. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so that is a marvelous segue into you have some classes coming up where you're going to kind of discuss this so people can be um, more so they can have more knowledge. Can you talk a little bit about how people can get involved, like what you'll talk about in the class? Sure. Sure. Yeah. So FEM teaches a, a six hour course series. So it's it's over a period of three months. Um, I do two hours each month. So it really starts off with the basics of understanding your body. And then the second session is all about family planning. So natural family planning. Um, and then the third session is called Fem Expert, where you basically take everything you've learned and you kind of go into a little bit more deeper uh, analyzing of individual chart patterns and things like that. But throughout that three uh, month of the series, the three months of the series, really within the three months of a woman is tracking her cycle and she's charting for three months consistently without being on any form of synthetic birth control, for example. So hormone-free birth, you know, no birth control, and she's charting her cycle, within three months, you should be able to pick up on your own individual pattern and mm -hmm. also determine whether or not there's something that is abnormal going on where you really need to seek medical, uh, get, get with a medical provider to get some medical expertise. Like um, FEM has trained physicians on the FEM website uh, where the women can actually get lab work done and really take a look at what is going on, what's causing uh, abnormalities in their cycle. That's good. And um, if you are interested in taking our class, when is the date, the next sure. class? So, yeah, so it starts on in about a week. So March 27th is the first class. And folks can learn more by emailing me at uh, AVL Fem Instructor. So that's A V L F E M M Instructor at gmail.com. Uh, you're welcome to email me and I can send you a description of the class. I also have a website where you're welcome to email me there as well. It's babybodysoul.com. I have a little uh, information contact page there where you can send me an email and I'm I'm happy to respond to you there and get you the information about the class series, but it's going to be a virtual class series. Um, it starts March 27th, and then it actually ends with a bonus session in June with Megan Bloom, who's doing your Patreon session. Um, she <laughs> is a physician assistant trained in FEM, and she's going to be doing a medical management Q&A to kind of wrap up the class series. That's really exciting. I'll link the website and the email um, in the description and in the um, show notes so you guys can have that because um, I think I mean great timing if now that you're listening to this great timing join the class um, and learn something I was no I seriously I was thinking about that um, especially because it's online I can I'll be able to yeah we can do it from home that's perfect um so last question, which is our big question that we ask every guest that we have on the podcast, it is, if every girl in the entire world was looking at you right now, what advice would you give them? No pressure, but it is every single girl. Yeah. I would say to learn about your body, become to become more in touch with yourself and your unique identity as a woman. Um, and this is going to basically, 
you know, help you understand who you are, right? And your purpose in life, really, in my, in my opinion, this unlocks so much about you that is so beautiful and intricate um, and just helps you as a woman appreciate your dignity. And I think that is so important for us as women to know our value and our dignity. And also, um, I would say to please tell all your friends, tell all your girlfriends about this because it's going to empower them. And I think women are, are naturally um, attracted to other women and sharing information. Mm -hmm. So please, you know, go to go to the FEM, download the FEM app today. Go to FEMHealth.org, to <laughs> uh, take a look and learn more about how to understand your body and how to do it naturally, hormone-free. That's great. Thank you so, so much, um, Elizabeth. I am so grateful that you were on here. <sighs> So, so much was learned. So much was learned. Um, if people want to get more information, if they want a book or a podcast just to continue learning, what would you recommend? Sure. So I have several books that I think are really um, great resources, and I'll just name them. They're three different books. One of them is really nice for women that are ages 16 to 24, and it's called The Happy Girl's Guide to Being Whole. Um, it's really visual and really um, well done, very easy to read. It teaches you, uh, it says what you never knew about your natural body. Okay. And it's about by Teresa Kenny. Um, that's one. And then this is called Holistic Feminism. Mm -hmm. And it's written by Leah Jacobson, who started the Guiding Star Project. And it says oh. uh, he healing the identity crisis caused by the women's movement. So I think that is really, really important information. And then the last one is um, really great uh, from a Christian perspective, and it's Our Bodies Tell God's Story. And it's by Christopher West. Fantastic. I I think we might even do a giveaway with one of these books. Um, and th this is good. And this conversation, as I've said by a lot of conversations now, is going to be an ongoing conversation on the podcast because I really do think that we need to be talking about these things. Like Elizabeth said, we need to be sharing this. Many people don't know. I mean, outside of pro-life world, people, like I said, people are talking about getting off birth control, but they're not really talking about the alternatives and like people are talking about it. Are they actually doing it? But it, more knowledge you have, the more we're discussing these things, the more we can, we'll be able to see and like help each other, our fellow sisters. Um, so I am so grateful yeah. once again for you coming on. Oh, sorry. Last thing, if someone wants to connect with you, um, how can they connect with you? Sure. So babybodysoul.com or they can email me about fem classes at Asheville or AVL. It's the abbreviation <laughs> for Asheville. AVL fem instructor at gmail.com. And that's A-V-L-F-E-M-M -M, um, instructor at gmail.com. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you everyone for listening. If you, I know you enjoyed this episode, so go ahead and share it. Um, I think this is a fabulous episode to share with your friends um, that are Christian specifically, and they are struggling about the whole concept of birth control. I think this episode, we really, um, Elizabeth gave some amazing arguments that were grounded in truth about the harms mm -hmm. of birth control. I think it's also a really good episode for people who are thinking, who are trying to get in control of their health, who are, you know, in 
the age range that we all are in our, you know, mid twenty, mid to like 20s, early 30s, um, if they are just trying to be more in charge of their health, um, this is just a fabulous episode to for them to have. And on YouTube and on this, um, in the YouTube comments and on Spotify, um, let us know how did you first learn about what was your first introduction to your body? Was it um, did Planned Parenthood come to your school? Um, did you just have a teacher assembly mm-hmm. where they told you don't have sex? Like, how did you learn? What was your first interaction? And how do you feel about that? You think that was um, a good idea? You think it was a bad idea? Let us know. Let us know in the comments. Let us know on the Spotify questions engagement. Let us know on um on Instagram too. Let us know um, how it was and if you think it was a positive experience. And then lastly, if you are listening on uh, YouTube, make sure you subscribe and you like it. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure you're subscribed and you leave a review. If you're listening on Spotify, make sure you follow and you answer the question. If you're listening everywhere else, make sure you interact somehow. We have to get this information out. When we interact with the podcast on whatever platform it is, it is really good for the algorithm. So like, random people who might not normally listen to this podcast will be like, oh, what's this? And listen, and we really want this information out there, especially for Women's Month. So if you are listening, make sure you share it, tell all your friends, all that. Um, And thank you guys once again for listening. Thank you, Elizabeth, for coming on and have a good day, night, evening, however, wherever you're listening. Bye. Bye.